Hi, and welcome to the episode one, the episode. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to episode 102 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch, and with me as always is Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Mitch. How are you? I'm great. So, welcome back. Been a while. No, it's been... Not as much as the gap before now, but we're back. We've finally seen our Excalibur. That's all done. So, we've had our little mini in between. So, So we're we're back on schedule. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So, as per usual, we're going to talk stuff. We are. Different stuff. I don't know why I'm saying stuff the way I am, but anyway. So let's talk games. We always start with games. What have you been playing? Well. Mm, well. We mentioned in the last show that I had Game Pass. Yes. And I'd been playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So Game Pass is a subscription to the Xbox Live system, essentially, and you have access to a plethora of games. Yeah, so pretty much as long as you've got your subscription, you can download and play as many games as you like from their library. Mm-hmm. It is a... Fairly limited library. There's about a hundred titles. That's not limited. Well, yeah. You don't need to buy games if no. you have this pass. So basically, while you've got this pass, you can download the game and play it as much as you like. Once you stop being a member of Game Pass, you lose access. So it's not like Games for Gold where you get to keep them forever. Yep. It's you only have them while you have the subscription sort of thing. Correct. So I had been playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I have now finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh-huh. I think I was about 64% as far as collectibles and unlockables and that sort of stuff, but I thought to myself, well, I've finished the story, I've seen the credits, that's probably enough, it's time to move on. And now that I've done that, I haven't actually jumped into anything big, I've just been playing little bits and pieces, mm-hmm. because I, I'm not sure exactly how long it took me to play. It was a few weeks of solid couple of hours every night. Yep. So it was pretty full on. Okay. The story was nice. It ended nicely. It kind of wrapped up. Huh, so thought, we're going to talk about endings and how they wrapped up, are we? I think so. Okay. Possibly. But anyway, More on that I, later. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, well, that was fun. Maybe I need something palate cleansery just to play in between. And my eldest is absolutely soccer mad. And they have PES 2019 as mm. part of the Game Pass. Yes. So we downloaded that. It took an absolute age to download because I think it was a massive file. And then as soon as we started, it was like, now you need to update the rosters and stuff. It updates so if someone was to change clubs after the game was made, they put patches in to take them out of their clubs. and yep, put them does it update lives. their stats and that? Exactly. Mm. It's Graphically, it's great. Gameplay, it's really good. The issue that I have with it is the fact you that... You suck? Well, I do suck, but I, I know a little bit about soccer. Mm. I don't know enough about soccer to be able to say, no, I need to have the, the 442 formation and this is what I need to do and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I just run and press a button and hope that I'm going to pass it to my own player. Mm-hmm. But it's not completely licensed, so there's probably, I think there's there's probably about half a dozen English Premier League teams that are the real teams, but then there's other teams that have the real player names and they play in the right colours, but for some reason they don't call them the proper team. So you don't have Manchester United, you've got Manchester Red and you have Manchester Blue rather than Manchester City. Okay. And I'm, I back for Chelsea and Chelsea in, in this game is London FC rather than being Chelsea. Okay. But because my son knows pretty much everything about football, as soon as I picked the team and he spotted a couple of names, he's like, if that's Chelsea, you should play them sort of thing. But they do have, like Barcelona's obviously in it as well because they don't have just English teams. They have 
uh, European leagues yep. and UEFA. So he's a big Barca fan. So he was like, yep, it's got Barca. I'll play as Barca and you can play as some English team sort of thing. They had PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, and that's official. They have, as I said, there's probably half a dozen of the Premier League teams that are the real teams, but yet they have these other teams that have the real names. I guess they're all franchise, you pay. Because I would be surprised you couldn't have Manchester United. The players are obviously under the league of Premier League. Yep. So if they've paid the rights to Premier League to say you have access to all these players. Yep. But I guess Manchester United as its own entity is so big that it's probably under its own trademark and that's where it falls over. I've got a feeling it's also to do with the fact that a lot of them are licensed to FIFA. So in the years of soccer games coming out, there has always been a FIFA game and a PES game every year. Mm. And PES is kind of like the poor cousin to FIFA. Okay. I think it doesn't have quite as much depth to the game as the other ones do. So I think a lot of the teams will sell their license to FIFA. It's funny that you think it would be all-encompassing, like with the AFL. Yeah. The AFL owns technically the license. Like the Melbourne Football Club is its own entity, but they don't exist without the AFL. And the AFL owns... You know the rights to them in the game. You know there wouldn't be Melbourne saying I'm not in there, so therefore you can't use this. So yep. there'd be like 17 teams and a generic team or something. It just wouldn't happen in that. But that's not anything like Premier League and the amount of money that goes to Manchester United yeah, exactly. versus everything else is negligible. You know yep. <laughs> versus that. So I'm interesting. Okay. Yeah, but gameplay wise, it's fun. When we tried to play co-op, the two of us against the computer, we got our asses handed to us. Mm-hmm. But then once we were actually playing against each other it's it's fun because we're both on the same sort of skill level yeah the, the graphics are good the players look like who they're meant to look like my limited knowledge of european soccer i could see messi playing for like barcelona and you know i knew who a couple of the big name players were yeah but they actually do have a couple of australian teams as well they've got australia just as a generic australia yeah with like proper name players but they've also got I think it was Sydney FC because they must have won last year's premiership, I think, and they got to play in the Champions League yep. or something, being the fact that they were the champions. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. It's not as good as, say, Sega Soccer Slam. Well, I was going to say, if you want to have some fun, Sega Soccer Slam is the only game I know I, I worth playing. I think about dragging out the original Xbox and, and putting that on because my copy is uh, a dodgy, illegal copy, so yeah. I can't play that on the, mm. the Xbox One or the 360. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it kept us amused for a little while the first time we played it, and we have gone back and we've played a few extra games afterwards. Cool. The commentary gets a bit annoying because obviously they have a limited amount of recordings for the commentators, and because I wasn't very good, I kept shooting from like the halfway line because I kept pressing the wrong button, and the commentators, I'm not sure if this long-distance shooting will pay off in the long run, and it was like, well, obviously it's not because I'm pressing the wrong bloody button. The but game's trying to teach you and you're not listening. Probably. Yeah, that's why you're getting angry. But yeah. But other than that, I haven't been playing a lot on the Xbox. I did download another little indie title called Pumped BMX Pro. Or is it Pump BMX Pro, one or the other? It's not your bag, baby. No. Mm. Uh, last couple of years ago, I had Pump BMX, and this is just a slightly different version of that. That's the Pro version. Well, yeah. But basically, it's 2D, you're on a BMX, the graphics are pretty cartoony, and you do little tricks. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things is you do enough points on one level, and you unlock the next level, and you have individual trick goals you need to do, like you know, do a Superman and do a backflip and do this sort of stuff. I don't think it will keep me entertained for very long, but mm-hmm. if I've only got like a couple of minutes to play, it's something I can just chuck on and have a go with. Yep. And other than that, I did pick up another little mobile game called Legendary Game of Heroes mm-hmm. because on one of my other mobile games, they keep having ads for it. 
And I was like, well, maybe so I'll they do it. work those ads. Yeah, mm. it was free, and I was playing, free. Well, it is free. How it, much are you put into it? I haven't put anything uh, into it. You, there yet. is the option to put into yes. it. Yes, but if I was going to compare it to anything, I would say it's a bit like Puzzle Quest Ooh. in the fact that you have. Well, actually, it's probably not like Puzzle Quest. Uh. It's, it's themes, sort of fantasy swords and that sort of rigmarole. Mm. But you have cards, and you can upgrade your cards. It is a match three, but unlike other match threes, you can do multiple moves in the one go. So if you want to, say, move three or four matches at once, you then get a bigger combo because you've done mm-hmm. the combos. And like Puzzle Quest, your characters are all different. Of the five colours, there's like yellow, orange, blue, and purple. Is that five? Sure. Green as well. And when you match those particular coloured gems, it powers up those particular cards and they do the attack. So it pays to you know keep an eye on what colours you're using so you can then do your special sort of thing. Yep. But as I said, it's kept me intrigued for a little while. I've been playing it for probably about two weeks now and I'm not getting bored with it because I've found that I still had Candy Crush there, but I've got to the point in Candy Crush where I think after, what, five, six years, I finally got bored of Candy Crush. Wow. So it's nice. So I, I deleted it five years ago. Well, it would be, yeah. Yes. So it's been that long and yep. you've still been playing. What level are you up to? Oh, 2,200 and something. Whoa. So they're obviously still creating levels and sucking people in. Mm. Well, but, good on them. Well, well game design. Well, the odds of Candy Crush, they have the daily spin every day and you can win the jackpot. And in that six or seven years I've been playing Candy Crush, I've only won the jackpot twice. And what do you so, win on the jackpot? Well, you want a bunch of extra moves and freckles and you name it. But odds are, if I'm doing a daily spin every day, hence it's daily, I should have at least won it more than twice in seven years. I, I don't know what the odds are there, but it seems that they're stacking it in King's favour or whoever owns Candy Crush these days. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, it's fun. It's one of those things where you have a limited number of lives, so you do your moves for your lives and then you come back in a few hours and and you get to have a few more lives. So it's not something that I will sit there and play for hours and hours and hours and then my phone will explode because the battery's too hot or anything like that. It's just a nice little toilet game, really. Cool. But that, that's my gaming for the month. All right. What about you? Yeah, um, I f- as I said last time, I think I finished um, the Sherlock Holmes Devil's Daughter game. Yep. So now I thought I'd start something new. Mm-hmm. So I had a look what was downloaded on my machine and I had a Tomb Raider game, which is the Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the second, second one where you just ones? talked yeah. about the third, the third one. one. Yeah. And I'm only an hour or so into that, but it just felt like an interactive movie. I haven't really explored anything yet. I'm just sort of very much on a linear track at this point. Yeah. It's early in the game, but that's it's an axe, what do they call mountain hiking, climbing axe thingy, yep. one of those things. Is it a crampon? Sure. Could be. Yeah, um, climbing a mountain with that, push A to clamp with the butt, with the, with the axe thing. So, I mean, I'm sure it's fine. It's gorgeous to look at and things like that, but uh, and there's a few puzzles I've come across and it's been kind of cool, but it's sort of like hasn't drawn me in to go, you've got to keep going with this game. Mm. And I saw an ad for a game called Strange Brigade. looked interesting. It was a bit Tomb Raider-y. It's like set in the 40s. You can choose one of four characters and you're Tomb Raiding essentially. It looks like Egypt. I don't know if the whole movie, the game movie, whole game set in Egypt or not, but yeah, so that's kind of quirky. Okay. So Indiana Jonesy, I suppose, in a yep. way. So I sort of started that as well and got a little bit into it and was like, yeah, I'll get back to it later. Okay. And then I talked about how much I loved Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah. 
Now, there was a game from 2010 called Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which was a Xbox 360 game, mm. which was Spider-Man that we all know and love, the red and blue suited Spider-Man, but it also had Spider-Man 2099, Spider-Man Noir, and Ultimate Spider-Man in the symbiote black suit. Okay. All four characters in the game. And I've been wanting, I sort of wanted to play it back then, and I always used to buy the comic book games. The Spider-Man games I never really bought into for some reason. I played Thor. I played Iron Man 2, which people hate. Yeah. But I never bought the Spider-Man games, and some of them are meant to be pretty good. Like Apparently Spider-Man 2, based on the movie Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire one, is meant to be great. Okay. But I never played it. So, don't know. It's a shame you don't have a PlayStation because the latest one on PlayStation I was so tempted to buy a PlayStation just to play that game. But I ended up buying an iPad Pro instead. Still might buy one, you never know. Anyways, I saw it for sale in a second hand at an EB. I was like, that's cheap enough, I'm going to buy you. And I started playing it and that's the game I've been playing the most. It it looks good for a 360 game. It looks kind of a little old compared to, you know, Rise of the Tomb Raider. The graphics, there is a big difference, but not enough because it is cartoony. Like, there's different styles. But, um... It's really fun. Like, Spider-Man is a great character to play. Like, Batman Arkham Asylum nailed a lot of game combat. Yes. Exploring everything. It was right. You know, you didn't have janky controls where if you walked off the side of a building, you fell to your death because Batman wouldn't do that. Yeah. Same as Spider-Man. You fall off something, you push the right trigger to recover, and he just shoots a web and you go back up again. Perfect. It is very 2010 as far as gameplay goes in certain bits. There's a lot of chase quests, run away, where the camera goes in front of you and you've got to run away from something coming after you. You've got to fight your end-of-level bosses, which is kind of cool if they're not too samey, but they're a little bit samey. And it's that whole, you wear down the boss till, he's, till the health bar goes to zero, then he runs away yeah. and you got to go and catch him again and you do it a second time and now he's all big and you've got that fixed camera where you've got to run from side to side while he's doing stuff so you got to avoid them and he gets stuck, you go and hurt and you're yeah. worked out. It's such a trope from that time that exactly. from what I've gathered from all the games yeah. I've played of late, they've got rid of that shit. So apart from that, th- that's still there and you just got to work through it. And I'm playing it with my son as well because he likes Spidey and it's something he can watch with me. And it's co-op or it's... No, no, so no he, he just, just watches. Watching. He helps by telling me where to go. It's like, yeah. oh, and I'll tell him where to go if he's telling me where to go too much because it's like, go up there and do that. It's like, I've got to do this thing first. But I love the, the, the artwork style and stuff because Spider-Man Noir is great because it's a bit like Batman Arkham Asylum where you got to stay in the shadows and you can stay up. You know, you're up high, and if you're in the shadows, you can do stealth takedowns and everything, but with spiderwebs. So it's cool. So I'm enjoying that. So it's not backwards compatible, though, was it? No, no. So I'm actually playing on my 360. And man, does it sound like a a 747 taken off. Yeah. Because I I remember when they bought out the, I remember when they bought out the Xbox One, they said it'll be quieter and this and that. And yeah. That Xbox 360 was yeah, noisy. You really notice it, don't you? Yeah. Actually, I noticed the other day they've brought out a new Xbox that doesn't have a disk drive anymore. It's completely digital. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Oh, it's handy. I mean, I could understand that. All you need, literally buy that and buy a Games Pass exactly. and you're yeah. done. You'd need to have a big hard drive, though. Yeah. You can do it off expandable, can't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can. 
Hmm. Yeah, so with USB 3 or whatever nowadays, it's generally pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick. It's all state hard drives. Anyway, yeah. so the only other thing I want to talk about game or oh, Peggle 2. I, I went looking for some reason. I played Peggle 2. I was like, I haven't finished this. And I'm sure I finished it. Was Peggle 2 on the Xbox 360? Yes, it was. I played on the 360. Yeah. I haven't played on the Xbox One. That's what I found because it's like, there's levels here I haven't played yet. Okay. So I've sort of been playing that, but no, I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. I used to love that game. I still enjoy it, but it's not like I haven't finished it. Like, I'm looking at this now going, yeah, I'll get through this, like, the bracket. Yeah. It's like, I'll do the other one later, as opposed to, I've got to do everything in this game now, where I used to be that. Yeah. Not Peggle, so much now. Peggle was like crack when it first came oh, out. Yeah, I was surprised it's not now. I don't know. Maybe it's my mindset. Maybe. But anyway, I've been playing a little Peggle too. And lastly, I picked up my son from Cool Care, which is the after-school care the other day. It's really well set up. It's quite good. Like, it's funny because they have, like, they put, lay it, it's in the school gym sort of thing. And they'll play movies. I picked up, they're watching Finding Nemo the other day. So you can sit on the mat watching TV. Like or, centipede. Yeah. And then they'll put on food. Then there's areas with Transformers and areas with this and with that. And they've got, like, so much stuff they can play with if they want to. Yeah. And there's one mat they had in. All these kids are playing DSs on it. Okay. And we're talking the old DS, not the DS Lite, the one before that. Yeah. That weird, mismatchy silver one. It's like, oh, and Jackson had no idea what it was. It's like, oh, I, start, I noticed Harrison's playing with the DS. He goes, the what? It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm old. You're not. So I was like, because oh, he's always wanting to play on my phone. So I was like, how about we I pull out the old DS, see if it still works. Of course it still works. It's Nintendo. Yep. It's it's plugged. It had to charge it, obviously, but that's fine. Put in some Mario Kart, and he does love a bit of Mario Kart. Here you go, have a play, and he picked it up pretty quickly. He was turning it like the Wii. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't need to turn it. But anyway, he figured it out. Didn't really have to teach him. He just sort of did it. So I sort of had to play as well. When he put it down, he went to bed. I was like, oh, let's see how it goes. <laughs> I could still kick some pretty good ass on it. It was fun to play again. I was like, yeah, this is just so right. It was such a good machine, that yep. DS. And I, I think well, they've still got three DSs now, I think. And there's still a couple of games I noticed. I had a look the other day going, is this still a thing? Because I know the Switch is sort of your portable and console in yeah. one. Yeah, it was like, oh, this would be handy to throw it his way because I've got the R4 card or whatever they call it where you could put the, your yeah, ROMs on there and yeah. stuff. But I didn't want to give him access to that because, no, 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 you can play Mario Kart and that's it, yes. which I've got as a real game. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. So that's, that's about it for gaming. So what about, do we do TV or movies? Let's jump into TV. TV, all right. Well, we've both got something that we've probably watched independently to each other, but the whole world has watched. Yeah, so we'll get to that. Start do you want to start with that or finish with that? We'll finish with that. We'll talk about the other things and then we'll... All right. Well, I haven't really got that much new to watch. Netflix has just dropped... A deuce? Oh. No, the deuce was on Foxtel. Oh. But I didn't watch that. But Netflix has dropped a bunch of second series and third series of some of my favourites. So I've been watching a little bit of the third season of Nailed It and the second season of Shearer. Okay, yeah. Both of them are very much similar to the first one, so I don't really need to go into too much details about that. Yeah, now you watch Nailed It past. I watched one episode, and I struggled to get to the end of that, and then I watched the Queer Eye episode. Oh, okay. And that's, I struggled with that okay. too. Well, we've started watching an episode of Nailed It with dinner now because it's something that's appropriate for the children to watch, and we are absolutely sick of watching the same episodes of Garfield every night when the kids are just like, oh, can we watch Garfield again? It's like, oh, we just watched this one. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, so now it's probably a little bit better than Garfield. I don't know. I watch letters and numbers. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, so we've been watching that. Also on Netflix, we've been watching, speaking of food, 
We've been watching a doco series called Street Food, which so far has been all about Asian countries where they go and talk to street food vendors. And some of them have been great. The The episode on Thailand was really good. The food looked awesome, looked like stuff you would want to eat, especially if you like seafood, not like I do. But the Indian episode, none of the food that they had in India looked edible. Mm. It all just looked like various different stages of brown slop. But then, Probably tasted awesome though. Uh, probably did, I don't know. But there's also been an episode from Korea, an episode in Japan that was pretty cool. And they just kind of focus on a couple of people that are like legendary street food people that have been cooking for generations almost. There was one woman in, I think it was the episode where they went to Indonesia and she was over 100 and she was still cooking every day. She was pretty much a cripple because she's been cooking, sitting on the floor with a stove sort of ground level. And she's never had like a proper shop. She's always had just this little lean-to next to her building. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see how other cultures have their food. Obviously here in Australia, street food's starting to get more popular, say, in the city. But it's so, not street food. No, it's food vans. Well, it is it's very vans. different. But yeah, this is, you know, there, there's areas like in the, the episode, there was an episode from Taiwan. And they were saying that a lot of houses in inner city Taiwan don't have kitchens. So they eat from these vendors every night sort of thing. So it has to be fast and cheap, but nutritious as well. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I think they've done well in picking the people that they have, because not only are they good cooks, but they also have interesting stories. And a lot of them all come from the same idea that their parents were street vendors and something bad happened to their parents and they started cooking at a young age and it's been their life from then on. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not an adventurous foodie type. No. Not at all. You know, burgers, pizza, kebab. Yeah. Well, so That's far enough. everything has been fairly Asian. Obviously, yes. India is still part of Asia, but it's been fairly Asian. I don't know how many more episodes we've got to go, but I can't imagine – that they're going to do like a, an American street food or anything like that because what have they no. got, hot dog carts or something. Mm. They might do Mexico because they have a bit of yeah. a, a street food culture, but I'm not sure. But I'm enjoying it. They're yeah. little 45-minute episodes. Because I'm not an adventurous with food at all. No. Like if I go to a restaurant, even basic ones, I was like, I'll try their palmer because yeah. I like a palmer. You do. And yeah. it's like, but this might be a better palmer, so I'll try theirs. I'm not going to try something I haven't tried before. Why would I waste money on something that I may not like when I probably will like this like and it this. may be the best one I've ever had of this thing that I've had thousands of times before. But I have friends who love going to Japan. Like they'll go every couple of years yep. and they love the food and they'll do that and they'll see a line for a street vendor and it's a long line. So it's like, it must be good because if there's a line, it must be good. They can't read what it is. All they can read is the price. Yeah. They'll wait in this line. They'll walk up with a big, stupid, white f- smile <laughs> on their face going, yes, please, hand over the cash, eat it. It's the best thing they've ever eaten, and they can never order it again because they have no idea what it is. Yeah. I don't want to live that way. No. Give me a palm. <laughs> Fair it. enough. Yeah. I will try things, but I'm not super adventurous because I don't eat seafood. Me neither. I'm allergic to shellfish, so it does limit the sort of stuff that I will try. And again, yeah, if I don't know everything that's in something, I won't go out and, and buy it. But I'm, I'm probably a little bit more adventurous than you. Probably. I, I do have slaw when I go to a burger restaurant. I don't just have meat, cheese, sauce. It's the pure essence of a burger. You don't need all that other stuff to hide. It's like people say, oh, cauliflower's great. It's like, no, it's not. And they go, yeah, but oh, once you put all the cheese sauce in this, it's the cheese sauce it's that you like. Sauce, it's right. not the freaking cauliflower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, broccoli, not a problem. I'll eat that. Cauliflower, just wrong. I don't know what it is. It's like mashed potato trying to trick you. That's what it is. Maybe it is. 
series. Yeah. Other than that, also sticking with Netflix, I've picked up a new season or a new series called Dead to Me, mm-hmm. which I probably can't talk much about because spoilers would ruin the show. And you're shocking with spoilers. Oh, I am. Terrible with spoilers. <laughs> but it is Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, who yes. I... Th- I recognise the face, but I don't think I've ever seen anything that she's been Freaks and geeks. That's what it is, yes. She's Velma from Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. I I knew you'd know these things, but Mm. yeah, I didn't. But without going too much into the plot, Christina Applegate has recently been widowed and they meet each other in a grief sort of support group. Mm Mm-hmm. And it goes from there. It's very well acted. It's one of those shows where you're kind of like, well, is it a drama with comedy or is it a comedy drama? Or is it, you know, you, you can't really say where it fits. It's got a really good supporting role by James Marsden, who is very comedic in it. He's but a funny man. Oh, well, he is. Cyclops. Yeah. Hmm. And he's good in Hairspray as well. But, it, yeah, I, as I said, I, I can't say much as far as the plot or the storyline goes, but the execution is really well done. And Christina Applegate is great in it. It's like it's hard to believe that you know Kelly Bundy thirty thirty years ago probably is it that long? Kelly Bundy has now turned into this accomplished actress. But I would recommend it, but don't look anything up before you watch it. Let it unfold as you watch it. Uh-huh. Okay, but again, they're little half hour, twenty five minute episodes. Full story. That's it. Or is there opening for seasons two? Or no, this is. A, I haven't actually a... got to the end yet. Oh, so you don't know if they nail the ending. I'm not sure if they do now, but I think it will all come to a head. And I'm not sure if it will then have a second season. Okay. But yes. And the only other thing that I've watched on my own that I'll briefly mention is I've finished Cobra Kai season two. (laughs) On the last episode, we talked about it and I said I wasn't sure where it was going. And I thought they were ramming down the everyone needs to be a good guy sort of angle. Mm -hmm. But the ending was a really good payoff. And it is left it completely open for season three. Okay. Which apparently is in production at the moment. Wait. And Allie, who is Elizabeth Shue's character from the first movie, mm. is possibly going to come back for season three. As in Elizabeth Shue's coming back or the character? Well, I don't know. Because mm. I think she has become much more of a star than anyone else that was in the Karate Kid movies. What are you doing lately? Well, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So they've made it open that Ali is going to come back. but I'm, I'm sure, sure YouTube can afford Elizabeth Shue. Oh, I reckon they could. Yeah. And I think I mentioned as well that they hadn't gone quite as full on with the 80s sort of music and mm-hmm. memorabilia and nostalgia of yep. the first season. But then I think I got to about episode seven and then they just sort of laid it on really, really thick. Okay. And I think they spent all of their music budget on a couple of songs that they had in the later episodes. Yep. Like there was even a Queen song. Oh. Yeah, and not one of the ones that you normally expect to hear. Mm. So, yes, no cool. spoilers, but yeah. yeah. But that's my television. Okay, so I have talked about Doom Patrol. Yes. I have finished Doom Patrol. Okay, completely. Yes. And again, no teaser that there's going to be more? Or? Oh, there could be more. Okay. It's fine. I was very satisfied with the ending. I talked about Danny Street. You did, yes. It can orgasm. Oh, really? Mm. As most streets do. Yeah, it's not not the only one. Everyone orgasm in this scene. It was quite funny. Okay. But Danny the street also did. <laughs> it's a bizarre show. Like, really good. It was. It's so out there. It's not for everyone. You can't just go, watch this show. It was great. It definitely was, it was long. Like, it sort of took its time to find its place, and I don't know what its place is, but it's fucking out there and meta. Like, they really played on that sort of thing, which was done in the comics as well, but Grant Morrison wrote that. I mean, he was a bit more, maybe even more so in his Animal Man run, and maybe the producers sort of picked up a bit on that as well. Yeah, Natsoid 
very outside and satisfying. I was very happy with that. Now, will you keep your DC streaming? Now yes, because this week Swamp Thing starts. Okay. So, yes. Worth it then. At the moment, okay. for my $7 a month, I'm hopefully going to get more of this shit because you will not get this on another network. No. And this is the killer with Disney buying everything because will we get another Deadpool? We would never have got the Deadpool movies we got mm. with Disney owning that character. Okay. So I know Disney are trying to work out how to make it work going forward with the current, you know, Marvel Universe. It's like, can we bring him in yeah. as the same character kind of thing? Yeah. So if this is how I'm going to get these crazy shows, because I thought it, DC Network, it'll be like aiming for kids. Because yeah. you've got all the Batman animated, you've got a lot of the cartoons that are on there. It's like, yeah, this is going to be for anyone who wants to watch the 88 Batman or the 77 or 78 Superman. And then you've got pretty much the opening scene of Doom Patrol as Fat Brendan Fraser. What am I saying? He's in a fat suit. That's just what it looks like now. Doing a girl from behind. It's like, okay, this is not a kid's show. And you've got Robin saying, fuck Batman in Titans. It's yeah. like, this is not aimed to kids. Where Disney Plus and that sort of stuff, you're not going to get F-bombs on their Star Wars TV show. I can tell you now. So it's interesting. I don't know where they're going. And I don't see him surviving another two years, to be honest. Because okay. I think Swamp Thing is meant to be 12 episodes long and they culled production to 10 even before they it's not even airing and they've already cut production. So mm. I don't see it lasting too much longer, so I don't have to worry about if I'm buying a subscription or still. But I would like to see more. Bring it on, please. Also, all these shows finished. I watched Lego Masters. Did I talk about that last time? We had, yes. Yes. Sure. So that finished and that was fun. I got to see a bit of a celebrity sighting. I went to the Lego Discovery Center on Monday and the winning Lego model was there. Okay. Yes. That was kind of cool. Mm. Mm. What was it? Poseidon. The ship? No. The, the actual Greek the, boat? Yes. Holding back, fighting a serpent while a you know longboat was going in between them. That's very cool. Mm. Yeah. It was awesome. Another show that finished up after a very, very long, long series, Big Bang Theory. I have never watched a whole episode. I've been around at your house a few times mm. and I've seen that it's been on. Yes. And I don't know if I have just haven't got the right brain for it because I don't find it that funny. A lot of people don't. Yeah. But a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Because exactly. it's the biggest rating show and the other reason it finished was because, you know, Sheldon or what's his name? Jim, Jim Parsons. Parsons. Yep. Didn't want to do it anymore, okay. which is fine. 12 seasons. Long time as one character. Um, I mean, I have seen him in other movies, and he pretty much plays the same character, so you might as well get paid a lot of money to do that. But anyway, and it nailed it. It was fine. Like, it was good. It's like, yeah. I mean, the characters, it's funny because I think it's airing on two channels here at the moment. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's on Channel 7 and Channel 9. Yeah, maybe. I think. It seems to be on all the time. If you flick through the channels, it's playing somewhere. Yeah, go back to, say, early 2000s and The Simpsons was pretty much on everywhere. You could just flick channels and find Simpsons. It seems like Big Bang is like that. Yeah, so it's it's the chicken palmer of comedies, you know. It's fine, it's safe, it's whatever. People find it offensive. I can understand that. People find it funny. I can understand that too. We've watched it all. It's fine, yep. you know. But it's weird to go back because you'll catch an old episode because they just play them randomly, essentially, yeah. when you go and find an episode. And the characterization, like it took them a few seasons to – get them and like the Sheldon character who is the man child you know autistic whatever he wants to be whatever the joke needs it to be that's what he is he wasn't so clueless at the start he was a lot more nasty mm. and just yeah all other characters have changed over the time and the last eight seasons or so <laughs> seven <laughs> you know they've been pretty much consistent in their characterization but those first few you know they were very different they didn't know how to write for them 
and the characters how they played out. But it was it was good. Like they finished it nicely. It's sort of like it was another episode. Okay. It, it, they did well. It was no How I Met Your Mother, where the whole last season was a build up. Like there was actually written as a last season to something. But no, it was it was quite good. So okay. yeah, so a lot of endings. Yes. Well, yeah. continuing on that theme, uh, one of the biggest shows on television yes. has wrapped up. Yep. And that's Game of Thrones. Yeah. The final eighth season. I wasn't sure about the ending. Have we talked about it all so far? We, I think the last time we recorded, we were three episodes in. I hadn't seen the battle with the Night Army, the White Walkers. Did we see the one before that? We had. And. That was, you didn't like seen, it, and I loved you'd it. You'd seen the big battle, but I hadn't. Okay, so we, didn't so we talked about the night before the big battle, yes. where everyone was just chatting, yeah. which was great. So we are now a couple of weeks removed from when it aired, so I yes. think we're pretty safe to talk about spoilers for the season, mm-hmm. because I think 24 hours afterwards, it's like open season for spoilers these days. Pretty much. But, yeah, as far as the ending went, I kind of felt that you could tell it was the end of the season and it was rushed. It was kind of like they'd built up a lot of storylines and then suddenly it was like, well, we're not going to have time to finish that storyline, so let's just forget we've done it. I don't know what. Like, cause I, I don't know a lot of the machinations of how it got to this. Yeah, I don't know why it finished. Now, they got ahead of the books two seasons ago. I think so, I think. Yeah. So Maybe even, longer. Maybe even longer than two seasons. So the creators, Benioff and Weiss, are the showrunners of the show. Yep. And sort of, you know, they're directing the plot. I don't know what discussions they've had with George R. R. Martin as to where the ending is. Like, is their ending their interpretation of where they think it should go? Or is it George said, this is the ending we've got to get to? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would like him to do another ending because there's a petition out there. Oh, there is, yeah. Um, of people going, cool, can you write it again? Yeah, because that's going to work. Exactly. Yeah, you're a petition. So it's, it's, they had an idea, and you could definitely tell when they ran out of stuff from the books because it felt much more cinematic yeah. as far as here is a plot, we are getting to a destination. So the last two seasons I actually really enjoyed. They, because they felt cinematic, they sort of played with a more familiar structure that I'm used to watching with a series or whatever that it builds up to a point. So it was a lot more familiar, and it, they paid off. The last few seasons I thought were quite good. A lot of people didn't. Like there's a meme going around where it's sort of like they're breaking up a drawing of a horse or a really realistic drawing like seasons one to four. Season five is a little more sketchy. And then season um, six and seven or whatever we're up to now, it's just like a kid drew this horse. Like yeah. that's that, that's how it's sort of like playing out. And someone described it to me as it's um, pantsing versus plotting. It's two ways of writing. So pantsing is what George R. R. Martin does with his books, and you're writing by the seats of your pants. You sort of write something, and then it's like, how would that affect everyone involved? Yeah. Realistically. It's like, oh, then this, then this, then this. Oh, that one dies. Shit. Okay, moving forward. So you're not committed to that character in a way that it's like, oh, that's unfortunate. But with the TV show, you don't have those luxuries. Yeah. You've got to contract an actor into a role, and you want this person in, and you go, well, you're going to be killed off on episode three. It's like, why am I coming in for a rough? I, got, I want to... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a exactly. working actor. I want a long-term commitment or I want this or that. So it's very different to tie people in to those sort of contracts. Yeah, exactly. If you want name actors, bit part actors might be happy with three. But, but you know, if you go three seasons into a series and all of a sudden you're dead by episode two, it's like it doesn't work. You get signed on by seasons, not by episodes. And yeah. it's just very different in that way. So 
I don't know if that played a factor going forward, but but there's also plotting. So it's like, okay, so pantsing is here's a scenario. This is what happened to the characters in it, and the ramification that comes out of that. And that's as he's writing, as opposed to I've got to get to X, so therefore STUV have to happen first. Yeah. So to that, so I'm going to write through those machinations to get to X, and therefore ah, everything happened the way I wanted it to. That's plotting. And that's what most TV is. You know, if you watch old episodes of procedural TV, that's what it is. You have to hit those beats. So they had an end in mind for this. This season, particularly because it was shorter, felt like, all right, here's our, here's all the plot beats, beats we have to hit. Yep. There's a lot they missed because they go the, – and they decided this. I thought HBO decided because we're getting to a very expensive show by this point. Yeah, $13 million an episode, I think. Right? Something stupid like that where it would have been $13 million for the first season, yeah. I dare say. So actors are getting more expensive. Special effects were getting bigger and bigger. And really good. Like yeah, they weren't the cheap. Effects with the dragon were mm. really, really good. So that might have been a factor. But apparently HBO were happy with the show and could if you can do another four seasons, we'll take it because everyone's watching it. But they decided to cut it short and do six or eight episodes. What was it? Six. Six. Yeah. And they went to be movie length, but they all weren't. Yeah, some of them were hour and twenty minutes. So they cut it short. They cut it short, but it felt like they were rushed. Because yep. it's sort of like that second last, the episode we talked about last time on the show was this really nice, quiet character piece of all the characters getting up to this point where they are now because it's taken seven years to get to here. That was awesome. Then we got the battle, which was an amazing piece of television. Like it, people complained that it was dark, but it was still an amazing piece of television. And I think the, the, the argument that they came across with that is that it was designed to be watched on big screen TVs, but a lot of people these days are watching it on handheld devices. So it's like, well, they were kind of blaming the fans for not liking it because they weren't watching it properly, which to me is a bit of a cop out. Uh, I understand both arguments. It's like if you are, as a consumer, you have the right to choose and watch everything the way you want. That's fine. But if you're watching it on your phone, you are doing a disservice to what you're watching. Exactly. Like that you are you're the person choosing to watch it on a substandard yep. situation. So, you know, if you you can't complain if it looks shit because you're watching it on a phone, but as a creator, you have an intent. Like Hitchcock or that would probably hate the idea. I know apparently David Lynch, if he sees someone in an airport watching something on their phone, he will hit the phone out of your hand. Okay. Because he loves cinema so much. Or he writes he writes for a medium because he did a great one of the best TV shows ever. And I don't know what you call the second season, the second running of Twin Peaks because I don't know if it's TV, if it's a movie, it's, it's just brilliant what it is, but I don't know what you call it. But I know with Mulholland Drive, that was meant to be a pilot for a TV show Hmm. that didn't come off. So he ended up padding it out with extra stuff and made into a movie. And he had description notes to the projectionist when they showed it the movie that it should be directed at this angle and done this because he he directed it for television so people are watching it at a certain angle. Now it's being shown in a cinema, it's kind of different. So the fact he thinks that deep, because people try and make David Lynchian films and all this sort of stuff and put weird, quirky stuff in. It's not just weird and quirky. Yes, it is. But there is method to his madness. Yeah, there's a reason there's thought the behind it. May not make sense, and it may not even make sense to him. Sometimes they're happy accidents, but they just work for him, and they and that just translates okay. As opposed to let's just do this thing because be weird. Oh, it's Lynchian. No, it's not. So the fact that he has thought about filming for TV versus projecting for movies is people don't think that way. Yeah. 
it just yeah. So you are consumed in a different way. He's he's producing product to be consumed, and that's what Benioff and Weiss are doing. Weiss are doing, and you can watch it on your phone. This is the hard bit now. You cannot produce a product that's perfect for the cinema and for your phone. Yeah. So they are doing it for the people who appreciate the big visuals. If you can't see it on your phone, well, screw you. If you can't wait to see it on a bigger screen, then – and it is a show that's made you do that. Going, I, I don't want to spoil it. I have to watch it now before it gets spoiled, so I'm going to watch it on my phone. Yeah. Well, so be it. you can't complain about that side of it. But, yeah, it, it was dark, but I didn't know enough to complain about it. I just thought that was a very dark episode. But well, it was. It was at night. They were battling. It's not like they have streetlights. No. I don't have an issue with that. Yes, it was dark, but not my fault. Well, not their fault. I didn't say, oh, they should have done something better. Maybe move the Starbucks cup, but, you know. <laughs> that was later on. That's still funny. But that, that was a good battle. I still think the Battle of the Bastards was a better episode. Definitely. And there was another one previous that I think was better as well. Yeah. And even the attack on King's Landing with the boats and the dragon fire and all that was still pretty good too. Yeah. But I think because they were big crescendos of the season yeah. as opposed to there's still some to go because we're aware. So you're sitting there going – we're in the last season. We've got all these questions. They're going at a quick pace. They're built up. They had their real lull before the big battle. Okay. We've spent seven seasons building up the dead, a walking to them. Yeah. What's it all about? And it's done in an episode. Yeah. It's and done. And they didn't really wrap it up. I, no. I thought that was not very well handled. So it's just like, okay, cool. Done. It was a well-executed episode, well-directed. The action was good. It was The pacing was good. There was a lot going on. It's like you get to the end of it and you go, that's it. Because we had a year off because they had to put this together. It's a big it's a big accomplishment. This season was huge. It was. But it was rushed. Yep. And so we've had a year of anticipation. The show has demanded our attention, produced a lot of storylines and characters. And that's what as well, that this not many shows have this many characters and this many sort of side stories sort of working towards one big end game essentially. Hmm. So you sort of go, who's going to play a role here? And that's a big thing at the end of who's going to sit on the Iron Throne at the end of this. So it's like, who's going to be there? And you've got these people playing out, and then you've got these people are friends, but it's like, but one's going to have to sit on the end. Will they? Won't they? And because the way it was written in the first four or five seasons, yeah. people could die. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's sort of like, it could just happen. Now we got to the plot part and everyone's got things and are they listening to the social media, people talking about it? So, oh, we can't say that because they've, picked up on that or we can't do this because they think we're going to do that so we've got to swerve it i don't know it's yeah so it's it's it was weird so we got there we got to this end with the big battle with the night king that was done in an episode it's like that's it the threat's gone seven years you built up to this one episode now i'm happy with how it ended like i'm not unhappy where people are and i don't those people are fools because, I mean, they got their own head cannon and they go, I want, it should have happened this way. It's like, yep. no, it shouldn't. You're a fan of the show, you let the show play out. Yeah. That's fine. If you're not happy with it, fine, turn it off. You're not happy, voice your concerns to people if they ask. I mean, we're doing it right now, no one's asking, but you volunteered to download this episode, so we're giving it to you. But it's like, you don't, I, I have an issue. And I, I do like the fact that we'll get to the end anyway, but there is the petitions. And um, I don't know if it was real or not, but the, the writers of Game of Thrones have started to petition for everyone who signed the petition to go write their own fucking story <laughs> if they want to put their own TV show and make it run for seven exactly. years. You know, it's sort of like, 
Okay, so it wasn't as well done. And I think the thing that made it work in the original series before first four or five series was the fact that it was written by the seat of the pants. Exactly. So a character dies, episode two of the season, going, fuck, I thought they were going to make it to the end. And they're gone. And those sort of things happen. Then because it happens so often early, you're thinking it could happen at any time. Exactly. And then it never really happened again for the last few seasons. But you're thinking it might because it could. And I think that's what the problem was, the fact that they had made it obvious that characters could get killed off. Yeah. But then as it drew on, the characters were sticking around longer. And then in this last couple of episodes, it was like, all right, we've got to kill off some people. And they just sort of killed off a lot of people very quickly. And some of them – Let's go into spoiler character. If you haven't seen it. So this is more our opinion now as opposed to selling the show that you should have seen by now. Yeah. So, all right. So, after the big battle, yeah. Arya killed the Night King. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Who is there a better storyline there? She was trained to do that. Exactly. She was essentially trained to be the, an assassin. Yeah. And not be seen. And it was a great moment too, saying, what do we say to death? Not today. Fucking yes, kick yeah. ass. Great moment. Cool. I don't have a problem with that. They just didn't build up. She sort of came out of nowhere. Jon Snow wandering around being useless was, I think, great because everyone so wants him to be this awesome guy. Yeah. And he really hasn't proved to be. But that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, you're such a great leader, but he didn't want to be a leader. Yeah. And this is where it throws back. So we're going to jump forward and back here. Yeah. Why'd they bring him back? What was it? Was it, you know, the Red Queen or Red Witch or whatever yeah. brought him back to life for a purpose? Was it to convince Danny to join the fight to therefore well, that's she, what did it? Maybe she knew who he was. It's all for naught in the end. Yeah. Unless it was she knew that she had to bring Khaleesi into the fight, so therefore he was the one to do that and then he served his purpose. Okay. Maybe. If that's it. <laughs> but you build him up to be something more. And that's our fault. Because we allowed him to be built up, not the the showrunners, even though they did build him up in the show. So that happened. Then you get the aftermath of it all. That was kind of cool. Yeah. But you're going, you've only got two episodes to go, guys. What are you doing? All Cersei did was look out a window and drink wine for the whole season. She literally (laughs) did not leave that room. Yeah. So you got this machinations, it's all good. All right, we're going to go take King's Landing. So the next big plan is that. Then it comes out, you know, Jon Snow is actually the rightful king and Khaleesi's his auntie and all this sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they're planning the seas that she's, you know, they like him, they, no one likes her, no one trusts her. So she just they, they did a little bit of planting the seeds. Yeah. They could have done a little bit more time. Then you got Priyan of Tarth, the Virgin, so Jamie goes off and sleeps. So there was a lot of people predicting like Because on Geek Dudes podcast, we predicted who's Jamie going to end up with. You yeah. know, so like, ah, oh, Brian. I wanted the wildling to. He was happy in the end anyway. I liked him. That was a good moment. You know, they sort of earned that as well. They built that character and those that relationship up to a point. It's like that kind of makes sense. Well, to use a wrestling analogy, it was an ultimate face turn because he was yeah. the bastard from all of the start yeah. of the season, throwing Bran out the window. Yep. Yeah all of the bad stuff that he did and slowly he was like redeeming himself to the point where you actually started to like it. Yeah, and you were happy yeah. for that relationship and you're happy for his character and this works. And then it's sort of like, oh, they're going to go take King's Landing and take Cersei down. And then it's like, oh, I'm on my horse, I'm on my way. Yeah. I've got to be with her. It's like, and that is true to the character. Exactly. I'll, I'll pay that. It's true to the character. But it happened in three minutes. Yeah. It literally happened in three minutes. Yeah. Like from waking up, having going to bed with her, next scene is him in the morning going, oh, fuck, what have I done? Yeah. I've got to go. I, be, love, I, I have to be with my I sister. I still love my sister. Yeah. I had a night of fun, but I've still got to go and be with my sister. And it is. it makes sense in character, but if they 
didn't shut this season short by so long. You could have three episodes, or at least two, of him being torn. Yeah. And then you'd feel for him a little bit. Because if he was like, oh, I, got I can't, you know, have him talk to somebody, maybe, or just something. I don't know how they would have done it. Maybe this is their own problem. They didn't know how to do it. So that was just a bit of a, what? That yeah. was quick. And again, I, I thought his death was not done properly. And him and Cersei's death, really, when you think about it, the fact that the roof fell in on them. Yes. And it was kind of like, well... And that, that was angry too dead? because... Are they not dead? Yeah. And obviously in the next episode you saw the bodies, so it was like, oh, yeah, they're dead. Yes. And that pissed a lot of people off too because Cersei was such a good villain. Yeah. People want... They wanted to see her They get want her to see her come up. You know, yeah. Joffrey got a great... You hated Joffrey. Yeah. And the how did he die? It was great. People were like shocked because they didn't expect it. And it was awesome because he was such an asshole. Ramsay Bolton. Yeah. He got what he needed. He got what he needed. Same as Littlefinger. They all sort of treated people like crap, but then they got their comeuppance. Yeah. And she she wasn't as bad as Ramsay Bolton as far as a personal, like people attached themselves to Sansa because, you know, she was the young girl and a lot of shit happened to her. Yeah. Throughout the series. And you don't do that to her. And you hated Ramsay Bolton for what he did to him and for, to um, Greyjoy and all that. Exactly. So when he got his done, you're like, yes, do that torture of a human being. We, we appreciate that. But Cersei was lit. She did some terrible stuff. I just don't know if it was, we didn't see it as so viscerally. But she treated a lot of people and sent people to their deaths and all that sort of thing. I think the problem was that she personally didn't do a lot of bad things. No. But she ordered a lot of other people to do bad things. Yeah, she orchestrated it. So the fact that she really indirectly got killed, it it wasn't through... You know, if Daenerys had came through and blew that tower apart, you'd be up for that. Exactly. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because she's lost it. All right, so let's get on to that. So it was just the fact that it just... A building fell on her. That's your. That's the punishment. We've waited seven years, eight years, for her to get her comeuppance, and that's what happened. It was like, Urgh. it was kind of like nobody killed her. She just died in the fray. So yes. Yeah. And it was sort of like, Urgh. I mean, Daenerys killed her technically, but it was sort of like, Urgh. and all right, so let's get on to her. So her going nuts and destroying King's Landing was a bit rushed. It makes absolute sense in character, again. Yeah. Like, all right, so she lost her advisor, Jorah. Basil Exposition. Yes. Like, he's great. I loved him as a character. So he got killed in the in the battle with the thing. So she lost her first confidant from season one. Yeah. Like, he's his best friend from then on. Then her Masandi. Her translator or whatever yep, you want to her, call Pretty much her best friend yep. in the end. Became her best friend over the last few seasons. She got kidnapped and then murdered in front of her by Cersei's command. So she's not nice. Cersei's not nice. One of her dragons got killed. Another one of her dragons got killed, yes. yes. So she's lost everything. She's And, you know, Jon Snow seems to be getting attention and liked. She's not liked by the people that she's saved. She's lost two dragons to this fight that's not hers. Yeah. It's now become her fight. Well, the second dragon was, it's her fight because it's all about King's Landing now. And she wants that thrown back. So it's like, okay, so it makes sense. Her, she's got history with her dad being the Mad King, so it was always teased that she's going to lose it. So it was kind of telegraphed. So it, was out of no, it wasn't out of nowhere that she's lost it. No. Tyrion said, hear the bells, they'll surrender, you stop. And she's like, fuck that. <laughs> it all makes sense in character. It was just executed so quickly yeah. that there was no, it was like, where did that come from? Yeah. So it's sort of like, okay, it could have been better written. I'll give it that. 
but I'm not saying it was wrong. It's not like they bought in some real side plot for no reason that said, oh, this is why this happens. Like, no, that, everything kind of makes sense. It was just a bit rushed. Yeah. That's all I'd say. Yeah. And the only other thing is, I don't want to sound like a 911 conspiracy to you, <laughs> but Dragon Breath can just blow up buildings. Yeah. Like, I assume there's some force behind it because you're projecting flame at some point from a dragon's belly, right? You're projecting flame. So there's force to project the flame somehow. I don't know if there's anyone's gone into the science of dragons. I know some, you know, some books have gone into it and stuff where it's a, like a concoction of two liquids when they breathe it out, and yeah. therefore that's what the where the flame comes from. It's not like there's flames inside a dragon that just shoots out. But there's still force on this. It's not going to blow walls apart. Apparently it does. And and apparently they have unlimited Unlimited. <laughs> Even in computer games, you can't fire Gatling guns for too long before you have to have a cool down. Yeah. You know, so that was the only thing where it's like it was so manic and crazy. It was a bit like the runway in Fast and the Furious 6. You know, it was just, <laughs> okay, yeah, I like what you're doing here, but reality is just sort of, and I'm talking about a dragon here, I know what I'm sounding like right now, but it's just like, what? <laughs> it was just a bit too over the top because King's Landing, I remember in season one, wasn't that big. I didn't think it was that big. But by season eight, they're saying, oh, there's a million people behind the gates. I was like, whoa, how big is King's Landing now? Yeah. I was like, okay. Scale. Yeah. Mm. So so that was full on. It's like, okay, so two episodes after the Night King gets killed, we get, you know, what's the name? Not King's Landing destroyed. Destroyed, yeah. And it's sort of like, okay, so we're here, and now it's a matter of what do we do? Then they realize, you know, Jon Snow realizes that Danny has gone nuts. Yep. So he's well, got to kill her, I guess. So he does. And the dragon flies in, going, now, fuck you, you killed my mum, because he's mother yep. dragons. Like, I, and this is questions in a sec. And it goes, fuck this shit. That throne is the problem. I'm going to get rid of that motherfucking throne and yep. melts it down. Symbolic. It's great. It looked good. Visually, it was fantastic. But it, it didn't make I don't any under- sense, though, did it? I don't, what I don't understand is do they have psychic links to these dragons? Do they understand what's going on or are they like a dog? Because my dog, I don't have one. But you it, imagine my dog. Yeah. <laughs> So if you killed me, my dog's not going to look at you and go, fuck, I'm going to take out your car. <laughs> because you – It doesn't make sense. It, but I'm assuming if she can ride it and those sort of things, and Jon Snow did it as well, you must have so, – it's not like a horse no. where you can just ride it because she's telling it to do things and attack. Now, when she's on one, you can ride it like a horse. You can direct it in ways yeah, and do all those sort of things. That's what we were talking about the other week. But the fact that the second dragon was also flying around and, and she was doing what she wants it to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming she has sort of psychic link of some sort Maybe. to make it work because you can't direct three dragons. You can ride one, I get it, <laughs> but you can't direct the other two. So when she dies, he's pissed off. I get it. Well, she, I don't know what dragon was. I'm assuming he. He goes, fuck this throne. Going to fuck you up, so yeah, it melts, melts the throat, which is cool. Which is cool, and I'm sure as a cinematic guy, Benny Off and Weiss goes, "This is going to be the most awesome visual ever," and it and it was. Yeah. And then it just fucks off. Well, I picked up the corpse and flew away. Yeah, which is cool. You like, don't know what he was doing with that corpse. Well, where, where he took the body? No, but that's cool. I mean, I get that. Mm. Good, it's gone. Whatever. I just whatever. Then it jumps ahead two weeks. Thank God they told us that exactly. The, the fact that they threw John in jail. And I think Tyrion was Tyrion was about to be executed as yeah. well. And then the only reason you kind of worked out that it was because he said 
It's, he, I've had two weeks to well, think about he came, this. <laughs> he came out and like Grey Worm brought him out and he had a longer beard and it was like, hang on. And then, yeah, he said, it's been... I've had weeks. two weeks to think about this. So, therefore, thanks for telling us because we have no idea what's going on right now. Yeah. Mm. And that was one of the major complaints I had with that last episode. It felt rushed, mm. but yet at the same time, it kind of dragged. Well, yes, because you had Tyrion walking around the remains for 10 minutes just yeah. going, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is terrible. And it is. I mean, it's like, but there was just so many unanswered questions to this show because, I mean, the, the memes have been fantastic. Yeah. Like, if anything, I love it. It's like, you know, and because it's one of Benioff's or, Benioff or Weiss where it's just like the plot points up, that's a picture of them sort of explaining and the picture the, and the text up the top is the plot point from season whatever, one, two, three or four, and we just forgot about it <laughs> at the bottom. And there were so many points that they just never yeah. explained. What was Arya Stark's goal? She had a list, she had a this, and then it's like, and the hound goes, don't let vengeance take over your life. You'll bend up like me. Fuck off. So she'll spend looking at, for 10 minutes, looking at a horse, which is this symbolic in this, with the white horse, is she going to become, she becomes death. Yeah. The death death rides a pale horse. That'd be fucking awesome. Imagine Arya Stark, fucking death killer. Bring it on. No. No. No, she's given up. Thanks, horse hound. wasn't even in the next episode. No. no. It's because she's still there, because you think she's pissed off, but no, she's back. Yeah. The hound was cool, and he go, oh, his big face off with the mountain, which is his brother, which... I only knew because my wife told me because she read the books and was much more alluded I, to in the books. It early on, they mentioned it. Early, but it wasn't really clear. No. It's like, yeah, and he looked like sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> he looked terrible. You were expecting this zombified version of the mountain who we've seen before, and he looked like, what the fuck is that? And, yeah, oh, the symbology of him throwing him into the fire and killing him. Ah, oh, I get it, because he burned his face, and that's why he had vengeance for his whole life. I get it, guys. Yep. You blew your load on the melting of the, the chair, and they had to do that. Anyways, so they finished that storyline there. They killed Varys off, which was like, okay. Was and in the end, you're going, the dude was right all along. Exactly. He was yeah. cool. So, okay. But other the things. fact that Tyrion came out, and at the end, well, he didn't come out. Okay. <laughs> at the end, when he was there at that meeting with the sort of the lords of the land. Yes. And somehow Tyrion was the one that sort of went, well. He should be king. He's yeah, the kingmaker. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't really understand why it was him that got to make that choice. He didn't. He just put the suggestion forward and he made a convincing argument because he's a great speaker. I do like the fact that it was Bran because it all started with Bran getting thrown out the window. He's misogynist. Yes. Yeah. It could have easily been Sansa, and it would have made more sense if it was Sansa. Mm -hmm. But then she was all like, well, I don't want anyone to be my king. I'm just going to fuck off and do my own thing. Yeah. And we'll be independent. And why didn't the others do it? Exactly. (laughs) It's kind of like, well, yeah, they could have done that, but no one thought of it except her. I mean, I I never pick up on this. This is not my argument because I'm not that clever. But there are people out there going, this is a very misogynistic show. Because when you looked at the, well, the way Sansa was treated pretty much the whole show but the way Daenerys was treated from the whole show really yeah, well she 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 reclaimed it back but um, Sansa until very I mean she copped a lot of bad things but the fact that in the end the way it wrapped up was okay so because it was not a pro-feminist show or anything I'm not going to say I know what I'm talking about here but you had Sansa and Arya and Denny and all that were really good characters strong, they were female, characters. strong female characters succeeding in the end after turmoil going through their life and Getting there, succeeding essentially. Yep. So, in the end, Cersei 
the big bad. She got all emotional because she got pregnant. She just wanted to be a mum. That was her ending. <laughs> the reason she ran away and died was because, she no, I just want to be a mum. I want to save my baby. That's all I care about right now. Yep. That's not the character that she was no. up until any of those points. Yep. I mean, she, yes, she, yes she, did, she did love her children. She loved Joffrey and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm not saying she doesn't love her children, but it was sort of like out of character for the way she was playing that last yep. season. And then it was that, you know, oh, oh I, wanna, I just don't care anymore. No, you so out of character. Yeah. And she died because of that. Denny, very strong character all the way through. What happens? No, she's an hysterical woman yeah. and she must be stopped. And the same is sort of like, okay, so the crippled male is the better option than Sansa to be the king because why? Yeah. Like she has proven herself in that. Bran has done nothing. He's disappeared. Yeah. At critical moments of all times, yet he's the better option than Sansa. And Arya, they just push to the side. So, yes, I can understand people being angry about this show. I didn't see that any of that. <laughs> when I watched it, I've heard other people's arguments because I'm not clever enough to see all these things. But, yes, it's interesting. Hmm. When I said a lot of shows before nailed the ending, <laughs> did Game of Thrones do it? I don't know. I don't think they did. Like, I, my wife cried at the end of Big Bang Theory. There was a speech that Sheldon gave and she got a bit emotional. I didn't really feel that moved by it, but it was a nice sentiment and it was a nice ending. I got to the end of this and it's like, yep, it's finished. And, and the fact that the ending itself, like the actual ending of the episode, was Jon Snow got sent back to the Night's Watch and at that stage everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's you know didn't want to be a leader. He can go back to the Night's Watch. But was there a Night's Watch anymore? Nothing to watch. Nothing to watch, exactly. They've mm. killed the White Walkers. So he basically got to go and live a free life. And the way it ended, it was just people walking into a forest and then the credits rolled and it was like, well, I've waited eight seasons to see people walk into a forest. Mm. Well, I mean, the endings are hard. I get that. Yeah. Avengers Endgame did it. Yes. Mm. By all reports, Big Bang Theory did it. A lot of things did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say they failed. They didn't do anything wrong. Because they don't owe me anything. I enjoyed those eight years. It's like Lost. Am I happy with the ending of Lost? Not really. And Because the, the thing with Lost, all right, the end of Game of Thrones was who's going to be sitting on that Iron Throne at the end. That's what you thought that show was about. Yeah. Well, there was that. That's what they built it up. And there was the Night King. Yeah. So, okay. And they, and they were both sort of anticlimactic in the end. That there is no Iron Throne at the end. And the Night King was a bit of a nuisance. Yeah. Really. Yeah. In the end, because this it's like the stakes weren't high enough. Like you're watching these things. Like there was a great scene when the Dothraki run out with the flaming swords and the swords just slowly go out and out. Awesome scene. That's cool. But that means the Dothraki are nearly deplenished, right? Yeah. I assume. So there's, there's huge stakes here. But because it was about Jon Snow stumbling through the fight for no reason and the quick deus ex aria stabbing, yeah. it was sort of like, oh, okay, we're there. What was Brand doing? Is you know he disappeared. He walked out, and, and he was, was he was bait. Brand and the, the Night King. Anyway. And again, we don't. And one of those plot points that we just forgot. Yeah, there's so many of them. You know, the fact that Arya could change be an faces. assassin, change faces. It, it paid off when she killed. Was it Littlefinger that she killed? Who was? Something but she did it a few times. The old guy. You know, and she got him. You know, she she used it, but not later on. So little things like that. It's yeah. just like there's two big questions at the end. Going, all right, they got to do the Night King and. Who's going to be sitting on the iron throat at the end? Interesting. Mm. And you played the speculation game, and it was great. And it's not like you don't want to be smarter than the TV show, or you, the TV show shouldn't have to be smarter than you. And that's the thing with 
pantsing versus plotting. Plotting, you're trying to be clever and you don't want anyone to guess where you're going. Pantsing is, what is the logical outcome to this? So therefore this happened, and therefore this, oh, then this is going to happen. This sort of is logical. It just was rushed. Yeah. So it was just like, eh. Where um, Lost, the problem was, it was a magic box. We didn't know what was in that magic box. They teased that magic box for five, six seasons. And the idea was, no, 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 all will be revealed. And it wasn't. Well, it was. It was purgatory. Yeah. And everyone from pretty much episode one said, it's purgatory. And the creators said, it's not. Hang with us. It's not. They fucking lied. And that's what pissed people off. Yeah. And the fact that, no, no, no. And they'll admit. They had no fucking idea what they were running. What was the polar bear there? What was the black smoke? It didn't matter. And that's where people got pissed off because I love the journey watching all that time. Did you finish it? No. Oh, okay. I, I got to about the start of the last season and then just gave up. Yeah, and that's where it was. They had no idea. They were just writing. You know, the flashback, the, the execution was fantastic. That first episode when you realise, oh, there's flashbacks here. And then when they jumped seasons and went, no, they're flash forwards. What the fuck? They got off the island. Yeah. Jesus. And I think Lost kind of set the bar for a lot of shows that have ensemble casts where mm. they sort of went, all right, this is this person's episode today and we're going to concentrate on him and what his backstory is. Yeah. And a lot of shows have since picked that up and done it better. But if it wasn't for Lost, they would never have had that. But with the fact that the show was based on the fact that this is about questions yeah. and you don't get answers. And if you did get an answer in an episode, you're going to get two questions on top of it. Mm. And that's what that whole show was premised on. And that was great because the journey was fantastic, but they didn't nail the ending because you lied. Yeah. And it was for nothing. So all the weird things like the polar bear or the what were they, doesn't matter. Mm. And that's where it, you get pissed off. It's like, no, 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 you made it matter by focusing on it for a reason. Like I said with David Lynch, some things are just weird, but they add to it. You know, the weird characters they meet and have conversations probably don't mean anything but it's part of the journey but it doesn't affect the ending where that black smoke is something but why and you can't just introduce something and not explain the hatch what was doesn't matter matter. it doesn't matter so yeah so that, that that was my problem with lost i enjoyed it i will not take it back in a second because the speculation the discussion everything that went with it it's just unfortunately you guys had no fucking clue what you were doing but it just worked yeah. And you're not going to get many shows like that. And this is the end of this zeitgeist sort of thing going on. Mm. We're not going to get another Game of Thrones again. No, I don't again. think we are. Because no one watches TV. No. Like, and you've got your house rules or married at first sight bullshit. Yeah. That's the only thing where people can sort of get together and sort of commit to something and sort of speculate and discuss because everything else is on demand. It's all those sort of shows and sport yeah. where people can sort of live the moment now. Yeah, and I think that's what really helped for Game of Thrones is the fact that it was episodic. Each week there's a new episode drop rather than say, we're going to throw you the whole season now. And you get that sort of stage where someone might have watched all eight episodes and they're ready to talk about it, but someone else has only watched three episodes. Yeah. Whereas this was, you have to watch it week to week. Mm-hmm. And it built, and yeah, with like, we were having discussions in my office where we'd come in on a Tuesday morning and it'd be like, have you watched it yet? Can I say anything? Yeah. Sort of thing. And it was like, yes, you can. Let's go. And we'd all sit around for half an hour and talk about what had happened. 
And, I mean, HBO is still making shows. Like Westworld, they're pushing. There's a new Watchmen TV show, which looks fascinating. I mean, I, I don't want any more Watchmen. I've read the comic. It's great. I'm, I'm done. But I'm definitely intrigued by the show based on the trailer. So I was like, I'll, I'll check it out. But can they nail the popularity of Game of Thrones again? I doubt it. If you told me the biggest show on TV was about dragons... Fuck, you know, I wouldn't have believed you. Because who's buying into that? I would, because I'm a geek. You know, I watch Pew Pew Laser Beams and Dragons. I do that, but no one else does that. But the fact that Westworld, it's about robots. Yeah. You know, Watchmen, it's based on a comic. You know, it's weird that they're putting their money into this stuff. Sopranos, that makes sense. You know, it's a mob mob thing. Godfather's huge, popular. People like crime and things like that. But um, I'm, I'm amazed. And the fact that I, I don't, I haven't read a lot of stuff. I know there's a lot of big fat fantasy novels out there. And the fact that these two guys went to HBO and said, let's do this Song of Fire and Ice or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's like, it's a big fucking book. It's not finished. And well, three or four by the time they started, I don't yeah. know. It's like, okay. But why that one? There's so many fantasy books out there. You know, Lord of the Rings versus this versus that, you know. Why this book? What was it that's so special about it? I'd love to talk to someone who's read a lot and read that and gone, yeah, this because. Because it doesn't read cinematic. Going, oh, because they made Model Engines into a movie, which is a young adult movie about giant cities on wheels driving across a desolate earth. Fucking sounds fantastic to look at. That's cinematic. But this is a highly sexualized nudity and dragons. But there's not. I think they've. Added oh, the two, they added that. Well, it's HBO. They yeah. can. But it, it, it's it's a very political show based on the War of the Roses, yeah. but with dragons. Yeah. So, yeah, there's fantasy elements, but not a lot. Just a little bit. Mm. No, especially early yeah, it wasn't on. high fantasy. No, the dragon only turned up in the very last episode when she gets burnt. The first season, yeah. Yeah. And the White Walker's in the first episode, I think. He yeah, walks right out of the forest. Yeah. And that's it. Mm. So, what's that? Who was that guy? What's that? So, there's that and there's little the, the blood magic there's not a lot. Yeah. It's very mild fantasy until the end when you've got big fuck off dragons just laying, laying wet, but waste. But how this sold and they convinced them to make it and spend the money and put the budget in onto this show that's – and we're going to kill off the main actor in the last episode of the first season too. Oh, it was yeah, probably closer. It was like halfway through the season. Was it? Off. When it? Yeah. Okay. How they managed to pitch this. Yep. And think this is going to be big. I'd love to know how big did you think it was? Obviously, it was enough for them to go to HBO and say, let's make this show. It's going to be good. And they got the money to do it. And they got everything. Did they think it was going to be what it became? It's a phenomenon, a global phenomenon. I, I think it became big and that's why they made it as big as it did. Okay. Yeah. I'm fascinated by it. But, uh, yeah, we're not going to get another thing like this because there are so like i said i just watched doom patrol it's got a transsexual street as a character you know that's that's a niche show for people to watch and it's enjoyable and that's there but you've also got married at first sight yeah there's so much out there now so much content and i've got the dc streaming network there's stan there's netflix there's the cw which um not yeah the cw which is the flash and that then you've got uh, whatever over in America, Star Trek Discovery is on. Yeah, it's the their CBS one. CBS yep. online. So they've got their own. And then you've got Disney Plus coming soon. Exactly. Warner Brothers is going to have their own. So DC will probably be rolled into Warner yeah. Brothers. Apple you've TV's got, got one. Yeah. And you've got your Cobra Kai on thing. There is so much out there. I mean, you've got kids out there and never going to watch terrestrial TV. No, exactly. Because why? Yeah. You don't need an aerial. No. You just need a good internet. Yeah. Pity we don't have it in here in Australia. Mm. But we've got 5G. Yeah, exactly. So you won't need NBN anymore. So I don't see a show like Game of Thrones happening again, just because I don't. I just don't know how you're going to get it to people. No, you might. The right show will capture them. 
But I just, but yeah, because I, I, I thought loss would be you never get one again. But Game of Thrones happens, so you can. But wow, hmm. they pulled it off. Did they nail the ending? They ended it. Yeah, I wouldn't say they nailed it, but they ended it. it I'm not angry like other people that oh this is wrong and this no nothing's wrong. That this is a show they went out to build, mate. It's a better show than I made because I didn't make one. I was a consumer and I consumed it. I wasn't satisfied with the pacing of the last season. I suppose, but everything sort of made sense. It was just executed a little quickly. So. Right. That's my take, and it was a long one. It was a very long one. Should we move on to movies? Quickly, because right. you guys are probably over it. Yes, it's over us anyway. A lot longer than a normal episode, but let's quickly go through some movies. Okay. Have you, you've been to the cinema? Uh, have I? I'm looking at my notes. Mm, yes, I saw Avengers again. We don't need to talk about it. All right. <laughs> so it's three times. No, can't remember. Okay. Mm. Well, I had one trip to the cinema, and yeah. I watched a couple of movies at home. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm still playing Pokemon Go. My. Youngest son is quite crazy about Pokemon. He collects the cards. He plays Pokemon Go every now and then. He watches the cartoons. Mm -hmm. When we first saw the trailers for Detective Pikachu coming out, we were intrigued. Yes. I was very much looking forward to it because it's got Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Pikachu and he is the actor of our generation. (laughs) Unfortunately, it wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. What were you expecting it to be good? Well, it's, some, a, it's a Pokemon movie. Yes. Some of the other Pokemon movies have been good. This one being live action with CGI Pokemons didn't seem as good as I was hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds was pretty much a PG version of, version of Deadpool. It was just him talking and no one else being able to hear him, but it was the snippy sort of snide remarks that Deadpool would say. Yeah. Bill Nye, Nye, whatever, however he wants to pronounce Nye. his name, Nye, Nye, was the bad guy and Spoilers because you don't think he's the bad guy until the end, but it is fucking obvious that he's going to be the bad guy. And he was just chewing the scenery. His acting was just terrible. There was other characters in it that their acting was very bad as well. I, I don't know. The CGI kind of let me down a little bit as well. There's a lot of scenes where it really felt like it was a CGI character just superimposed in the screen. They weren't acting to the characters very well. It didn't looked great and the storyline itself wasn't great. So I was a little bit disappointed that I did go and see it at the cinema. But in a way it was nice because I took my youngest to gold class mm-hmm. and we made a, an afternoon of it. We actually went out Pokemon hunting in the afternoon. Then we went to the movies. We, you know, He got to have a meal in the cinema, which he doesn't normally do. And all up, I think we spent about $100 on a night out, which is more than what I'd spend if I was going out with my wife sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, gold class, a meal, hot mm. chocolates while we were waiting for the movie. It was a very expensive, mediocre movie. <laughs> but Pokemon fans will love it. But, but you're a Pokemon fan. Well, some Pokemon fans will love it, but I didn't think it was as good as I was expecting. And what did your son think? He loved it. He well, it that's who it's good. for. So it probably is aimed at him. You know, 50-year-old Welshman is not their target audience. <laughs> no, it definitely isn't. <laughs> Another movie I will mention briefly, I've watched two things on Netflix. One of them I would not recommend. So while I'm talking about movies that I didn't like, there was a movie called How It Ends. Mm. And it was a post-apocalyptic movie starring Theo James, who had been in the Insurgent series. Yeah, He's just one of those generic looking dudes. Mm -hmm. And he is going out with a girl whose father is played by Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker is an ex-Marine, doesn't like his future son-in-law. Shit happens and they end up going on this post-apocalyptic road trip from Chicago to Seattle because you know bad shit's happened. Yep. And they find out that his daughter, his fiance, is still alive. So they get together and drive across the country to try and rescue her. And it's one of those movies that just goes nowhere. The plot was very 
full of holes and the ending was just one of the worst endings I've seen in a long time. Okay. And my wife and I sat there after watching it for like two hours and then we turned around to each other and went, well, why did we just waste this time watching that? What's all that about? Yeah, exactly. It was pretty much <laughs> what's all that about. They didn't explain any of the reason why anything happened. And at the very last scene, there was like the apocalypse was coming and they were just driving down this dirt road with this avalanche type stuff following them. And then it just stopped and the credits rolled. And it was kind of like, well, yeah, I just wasted two hours. But another movie I did watch on Netflix that I will say was good. Mm. And it's probably a little bit more in my wheelhouse. And that was the Ted Bundy movie starring Zac Efron, Mm -hmm. which is extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Because you want to fuck him? Ted Bundy or Zach Efron? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? And, and I, that was the problem. That's probably my only criticism of this movie is the fact that Zach Efron is a good-looking dude. Ted Bundy wasn't a good-looking dude. Apparently he was good-looking for the 70s. He's not Zach Efron hot, but apparently he was. Compared to John Wayne Gacy, he was good-looking for serial killers. Yeah. And he was getting the people who, you know, people women were sending love letters to him. Yeah, and, and people like were going to the courtroom just to see him sort of thing and watch yeah, the so trial. Yeah, he was kind of charismatic and things like that. But I don't think he was Zac Efron because he was charismatic. <laughs> The movie itself is really well executed. I don't think they glorify Ted Bundy as much as a lot of people said that this movie did. Yeah. I think they did a good way of kind of showing you that he wasn't a good guy, but all up in the lead up to the way it worked. But you're gone. Well, they never showed him committing the crimes. It was all about him being accused of the crimes and his long-term girlfriend sort of going, you know, did you do this? I'll support you if you didn't sort of thing. And he never admitted that he did anything. They never showed him doing anything. So it was like, if you didn't know the Ted Bundy story, so if you've been living under a rock or whatever. Well, not many people do. It was a long time ago. You reckon? Yeah. He's probably one of the highest profile... Like, yes, but there's going to be people who are Zac Efron fans watching this have no yeah. idea. Unless you're a true crime fan, which is people in their 30s or plus who listen to podcasts. And live in the, their mum's basements. No, no, no. <laughs> this is, there's 20-year-olds out there who probably never listen to podcasts. They don't care. So they don't care about true crime. Maybe. And they don't care. And they'll watch this. Like, oh, that Ted Bunny was kind of cool. He's like a Charles Manson type in that way. Yeah. That the sort of, but did they mention that he had se- you know, sex with a severed head that he severed? No. No. Didn't. And that's the thing. So they didn't paint him as this vile, what's the name of the movie? Extremely Wicked. Shockingly evil and vile. He is that. Well, apparently did they that portray was, that? No, they didn't. And that's a problem. Apparently, that comes from one of the actual quotes that the, yes, the judge he, said in the trial. He murdered women. Yeah, lots of them, and had sex with the head. Yeah. They should sh- tell you that in the movie. Well, <laughs> that's what gets me. It's not a horror movie. It's it's a drama. Yeah, it's so about they, the court case more, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So they don't show any of the murders. They don't show anything like that. They talk about it. Kind of. They they kind of. That they go into detail that this guy is shockingly evil and vile. Well, they kind of have the news reports of when he like went into the sorority house and mm. you know killed the women with the log and stuff. So they do have that, yes. but they also have Ted Bundy jumping out the window of the Colorado courthouse and you know absconding from court and getting away. But they show Zac Efron walking down the street and he's like seventies flares and his skivvy and he, you know his tie wrapped around his head like a headband and women are just falling at their feet, sort of. But yeah. It was well done. It was really well acted. Getting back to what we were saying before about Jim Parsons being mm. Sheldon, he plays one of the prosecutors in it. And as soon as he walks into the courtroom, it's kind of like, oh, Sheldon's his lawyer sort of thing. It's like he's not Jim Parsons playing this role. It's Sheldon. What's he doing here? Mm. But John Malkovich was in it as the judge of the court case, and he was pretty good. And Haley Joel Osmond was one of the dudes that started hanging out with 
Ted Bundy's ex-girlfriend when he went to prison. And he was quite a good character as well. He's put on a hell of a lot of weight. He sees cheeseburgers. He probably does see cheeseburgers. <laughs> but I would recommend it if you like either Zac Efron or Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. And they did a nice thing at the end where with the credits were rolling, they had actual news footage of some of the scenes that they reenacted. And it was, it was quite well done as far as accuracy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of the characters didn't look like who they were meant to look like. I liked it, but I don't know if I liked it for the right reasons. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think I liked it just because I like Zac Efron. So. Okay, <laughs> Maybe fair that's enough. What it is. And I'm sure a lot of other people will probably watch it because Zac Efron. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I don't have an opinion either way. I've just heard that. And I thought, like, well, you're giving up that title, and I understand it's a quote. But you're portraying this character as charismatic. But you've got to out. You got to. Oh, yes. I haven't seen it, so I can't really. I don't know how it's been portrayed. Right. They don't outright portray him as being completely evil, but they do give him enough so you think, yes, he's not a likable person. Like, okay. He treats his girlfriend very badly. He manipulates her through psychology to kind of stay with him a lot of the time, and you can see the seeds are there that yes, he's not a nice guy. But then as the movie progresses, you start to realise, well, how much of a not a nice guy is he sort of thing. Okay. So, yeah, I I do like it and I do recommend it. Again, it's very long though. It's over two hours, Mm -hmm. but worth it. Okay. But anyway, speaking of things that are long, this has been a very long episode. (laughs) Yes. We'll wrap it up there. And if you have any feedback for us, if you have an opinion of what we should have talked about on Game of Thrones because we talked about that a lot. A lot. You can jump on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com, or we are the MA Podcast on Twitter. Cool. And until next time, thank you very much, Mitch. See you later. And bye-bye. Yeah.
Laser beams and dragons.